This program is brought to you by P1 Australia Racing Components, the designer of the oil heat mats for dry sump tank applications. Find out more about the truths on engine oil heating at p1australia.com. Thunder Media. Hi, I'm Chas Mostert. Hi, I'm Shane Van Gisbergen. And you're listening to Inside Supercars. From the racetracks across Australia, and here's Inside Supercars. On this episode of Inside Supercars, we take Ford's perspective into the testing in America. Ben Nightingale joining us to discuss his views on what they consider an annulus hollerless. The likes of Cameron Waters and Chas Mostert and David Reynolds and now Matthew Payne, who couldn't just couldn't get anywhere near the podium, let alone a race win. It's Ford View on the wind tunnel testing and a whole bunch more here on Inside Supercars, and it starts now. Welcome to Inside Supercars, Tony Whitlock and Craig Gravel, and we're with Ben Nightingale, who is Ford Motorsport Manager. Yep. Ben McKinniskin. Brendan McKinniskin. Brendan, I'm sorry, Brendan. Um, Try that again. Brendan. <laughs> no, just from Brendan. Brendan McKinniskin. Yep. And of course, we're here post Adelaide Race 2. Uh, a, a mighty day for Ford. We already had a great one yesterday with three Fords on the podium, four Fords home first. But then today was nine of the top 12. It's a turnaround. Quite a turnaround from earlier in the year. Um, Forget the word parity, forget the word, just balance. And uh, it's a great day for Ford. So tell us something about how you feel about that and achieving it. Sure. Well, no, yeah, I can't agree more. It's it's been a great it's been a great weekend. Obviously, following up on the from the Gold Coast, um, immensely proud of our teams and and what they've been able to achieve. And I said this on the Gold Coast on Sunday afternoon, and I'll say it again here. It demonstrates what these teams and these drivers are capable of when they're given the tools to do the job. Um, they didn't have the tools to do the job for much of this year. As soon as they were given them, look at them go. And it's a demonstration, you know, we had, we've got great teams, we've got great drivers, and when you give them a good car, away they go. There have been some suggestions that um, Ford's idea of parity is when we can win every race. Um, that sounds like a very harsh way to talk about it but that's I've been told that by somebody but it doesn't matter who it was um, <laughs> but can you give me some idea of you know the interpretation that Ford puts on what is a parity category for you guys cars that are technically paratized what that means is and this isn't our definition this is supercars definition supercars have based the category on technical parity what does that mean it means cars that are equal uh, to the best of the ability of everybody to manage that. And it was clearly demonstrable this year when you had the likes of Cameron Waters and Chas Mostert and David Reynolds and now Matthew Payne, who couldn't, just couldn't get anywhere near the podium, let alone a race win. And so um, for us, my, my version uh, of, of technical barriers, no, we don't want to, oh look, I'd be lying if I said I didn't want to win every race. Of course we want to win every race. That's what everybody in this pit lane wants to do. But let's, be, let's put a little bit of perspective. Today's race win was our fifth of 2023. 
the entire season. And it was just so happened that we went four in a row after we got that parity adjustment before the Gold Coast. So, yeah, look, I'd thoroughly reject any assertion that, you know, that, that we, we're looking for, uh, you know, for something that gives us uh, an advantage, but we haven't, we haven't been equal. And now it's definitely much closer to that. There's still issues, but it's definitely much closer to that. And I think we're seeing that in the results. So what does a year like this mean for Ford Australia, Ford head office in the United States? For this year? Yeah. Oh, it's been an undeniably difficult and challenging year. Um, we go motor racing globally to polish the brand, polish the blue oval. And when you're, you're racing and you're not able to, to, to do that, it starts to tarnish the, the blue oval. And that's not what you want to be. So we, you know, we go racing to win. And when we can't win, like we just can't win, when you, even when you're partnered with some of the best teams and drivers in the category, that's a problem. And to their, be, to, the, to, to their, to their benefit, supercars have um, recognised the issues. They're making the relevant changes. They're demonstrating to us that they're, they're, they're taking it seriously. This off-season testing program with the wind tunnel testing, the uh, transient dynamometer testing for the engines, it's a demonstration that they now get it. We've created this new fantastic, you know, the, the cars are undeniably look fantastic, sound fantastic. We've created a new category, basically a new version of this category, but the governance hadn't followed. And now it is, and that's what's necessary. Well, if we can bring Brendan in now, yes. what we're going to see in the next few weeks in the United States, can you explain what these steps are and what you're looking for when you're going to see all the data for hopefully for the first time uh, yeah so I guess firstly with the wind tunnel which is the I, think, I guess the most um, thought out point of the process at this stage so the VCAT method of testing the cars as, as everyone is aware it's a straight line only testing on a runway um, using sensors that are mounted in the car and the testing is subject to a whole series of variables from the weather to the wind to you know the surface of the runway um, so the repeatability and the quality of the data coming out of that, while quite good, it is not world's best practice. Um, so clearly going to a wind tunnel like every other form of, of top level motorsport users, Formula One, NASCAR, um, is moving from what is a good practice to world's best. And it also enables you to move out of just a straight line space into roll and yaw. So again, better replicating what the car is doing on track and capturing more of how the car operates on the circuit. So that's the whole idea behind doing this parity testing and, and trying to create that equal opportunity that the series is, is built on from a technical perspective. So, and I guess moving into the engine side, in a similar way, the wind tunnel captures the car and the shape and the body of the car through the air in racing conditions. Going from a traditional water brake dyno to a, a transient dyno, which is, is being talked about over and over, just enables you to measure the engine in a more or in a much similar way to how it's used on track. More scenarios you can run full lap simulation of any circuit you want, any condition. Um, you can look at deceleration of the engine, where water brake dynos that we've used up to this point typically struggle with that. Um, so again, just opening up the measurement, or I, I, I suppose measuring 
our technical components in ways that they're used on the track, but in a controlled environment. That's the whole aim of the expanded process. Can you give us some idea of the timeline now? I understand that uh, flights are being taken this Thursday for the start of the, the people going over there for it. Yeah. Where, when, where it goes from there sort of thing? Uh, yeah, so I guess I'll say one thing. Are we at dates? Uh, yeah. So basically 8th, 9th, 10th of December are the three days that uh, are booked for the wind tunnel in, uh, in Charlotte. And those three days have a variety of, uh, of tests planned and... and I guess going in, um, supercars and, and their CFD partner and, and the homologation teams have created a plan around what cars will be measured, so obviously which prototype on which day. Um, they're going to back up, I guess, those. they're going to 3D scan both cars going in, so they've got a perfect idea of what the surfaces are and then at the other end do the same once the changes have been applied. Uh, ultimately the Camaro will be the reference and we will adjust our car to that. Um, and the, the map of measurement or the, the areas of measurement have been agreed on by the homologation team. So again, they take in straight line and they take in roll and yaw, so. Why is the Camaro the baseline? I, I would have thought for an engineering point of view and for what comes beyond these two cars, a reference line a reference line that is an engineered reference line and both have to meet the engineered reference line because as soon as a model changes the one you matched it to now is going to have to match the old one whereas if it was an engineered performance line that's that doesn't shift it's like a meter a meter is a meter at the end of the day the cars have never been in a wind tunnel so we don't have a reference we'd love to say here's your box and you've got to exist within this but ultimately that needs to be created through the new process first. So you've got to draw the line somewhere. I would love to say that our car doesn't change and they have to come to us because that's much more simple for us. But at the end of the day, we've prepared in order to adjust whatever needs to be adjusted. We've got a multitude of options that adjust multiple aspects of our car. Um, and the Ford Performance team in the United States has, has been massively supportive with um, our own CFD, to be as prepared as we can to you know, execute in the, the very limited time we have available. The, the three days in the tunnel is not a lot when you hear about Formula One teams basically living in there 24 hours a day. So you know, to put it in perspective, we've, we've got a very small amount of time to get it right. So, When the data is gathered, both engine and aero, is there then a sit down? Do the, do the two sides of the equation sit down and then compare? And, or is this a supercars? Uh, a moment when they're actually doing their own comparison of the data sort of thing. Yeah, so I guess the wind tunnel's the more realised process at this stage, so the sit down will occur almost on the fly. Um, again, you've got three days in the tunnel, so whatever happens within that three days is really you go in at one point and you come out hopefully matched at the end. So the sit down will be ongoing and throughout the process. Um, the, the testing will essentially go through the loop, so measure the Camaro as a baseline, measure our car, adjust our car, go back to the Camaro and reference and make sure the baseline and, and the cars are matched. So it, again, it will happen within that three days. Um, actually, I just wanted to ask, um, I read somewhere recently, it was one of the websites talking about uh, maybe a change to the parity tri trigger. Is that so? Is there some sort of adjustment being made to that? 
there's been no discussion around that. No, no. Look, I think I think I saw Larko commenting somewhere that he thinks it should be faster. Um, I probably trigger. Yeah, how quickly it goes off. Yeah, his suggestion was five races is take too long. Um, I probably agree personally, um, but no, no. There's been no discussion of that. And the reality of this is the parity review system and the parity trigger exists because um, for, for, to, to fail safe basically but the testing that Brendan's just described should mean it's irrelevant if we get it right we won't need it how many components do you have or do you have going or have you got the ability to create during that three days to be able to quickly change them over is there like a hundred pieces that you've got prepped that you're ready to adjust to any sort of condition? So the, the adjustments we've made through this season, so the wingspan, the wing position, the angle, like the maximum angle, the front, front fascia infill pieces, there's additional items on top of those adjustments already. So they exist and then there's various other additional parts. Um, yeah, so effectively you'll adjust in the same areas, they'll just be slightly different shapes. So that's the sort of stuff you can do on the fly at the wind tunnel it's not something you've had to create a whole bank of options no no we're, we're pre-prepared like we, we've been creating this since effectively we knew we were going to the wind tunnel so yeah between CFD and actually rapid prototyping parts ready to go um, yeah they're, they're all they're all in the works or already in the in the container on the way to the US so well thanks for joining us for uh, a real insight into the whole uh, parity issue and the way it's going to be done. Look forward to uh, hearing the results and seeing what happens in 2024. No, thank you for having us guys and yeah, uh, looking forward to 24 and getting all this right. Yeah, thanks very much. Inside Supercars is produced by Thunder Media. Tune in next time for more or lock in the podcast on your iTunes or mobile device. Search Inside Supercars. The views expressed on Inside Supercars, including the panellists and guests, do not reflect the views of the network, Thunder Media or Sport Radio. Any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited.